Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint. We've got Vincent Gasparro, former advisor to PM Paul Merton, also working on the uh, as campaign chair for John Tory's mayoral run. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good. Lauren McDonald, also here, public affairs consultant with Enterprise Canada, not to be confused with the car rental. No, not cars. All right. Let's start on Toronto the Good, shall we? We've got five dead in 24 hours. Uh, officials saying the city is safe. And, you know, while the numbers may be on side statistically, I think the optics say otherwise. Here is the police chief uh, addressing uh, the violence once again in Toronto this weekend. It does look like the characteristics of street gang subculture, where you do a couple of drive-bys, and, and then you are usually in your rivalry neighborhood, and you do a couple of drive-bys, and then, and then you uh, do whatever you do with your firearms. That is a problem. Uh, I think that our street gang subculture is an issue right now when it comes to uh, policing in the city. Okay, so I'll start with you on this, Lauren. Um, you know, you've got a police chief who's talking about the gang subculture, which is all fine and dandy. And, you know, this is just the collateral damage and this and that. But the point is, people live here. Innocent people and families live in these areas where the gangs have, you know, decided to stake their claim. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it was terrifying the other day when it happened with the two kids in the park. And, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any part of the city that seems to be without this kind of violence. I mean, we're, we're seeing it right across the board. And it, it's kind of scary for people who, you know, come into the city and are living in these communities. And a lot of people don't have the opportunity to, you know, ha- Toronto's an expensive city. You don't have the um, opportunity to be able to pick and choose your neighborhoods as much as some other places in, in Canada. And so, you know, you, you live in Toronto and then the neighborhood that you're in and, and your kids are playing in a park and that kind of stuff happens. I think it's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, look, I know statistics Statistically, Vincent, because I've done the stories that, um, you know, if you look at the numbers, Toronto's still in the bigger picture, a safe city, blah, blah, blah. That to me is just political gobbledygook. Um, The problem, and it becomes a problem, I think, for Mayor Tory, is that it's about the optics. It's about the headlines. It's about what people are hearing and, and reading every day. And people are not seeing what is being told to us. So uh, going going back. To, to what you were saying in terms of the, the, the data, the, the data uh, makes it very clear that Toronto is still a very safe city, and, and you just said it, and, and uh, our officials here in the city of Toronto have said the same thing. Um, uh, obviously, crime is a very big issue. The, the mayor has, has made it very, very clear that he views this as a, as a priority, and, uh, and he's made it very clear that th- this is something that, that he's going to spend a lot of time uh, trying to tackle and, and uh, trying to get... Uh, uh, you know, trying to address. Obviously, when we saw the the shooting of those two young kids, he made it very clear that that he was um, uh, speaking with with the police chief and with police on a regular basis, uh, doing everything he can to ensure that the perpetrators of that crime were brought to justice. Um, so, but there's um, no question this is becoming an election issue. Well, I, I listen, absolutely, we are. Uh, as, the, as the mayor's co-chair, th- this is something that, that we are acutely aware of. 
Um, the, you know, uh, as I've said before on your show, uh, evidence-based management, evidence-based policy is, 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 is critical. Uh, the, the mayor is, is throwing a ton of data, uh, at this to try to, try to come to a solution. Um, and, uh, and I, I think, the data is showing, and you just said it in, in your in your intro, that Toronto is still a very safe city. Unless you're, uh, go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, no, I was going to say, but you know, despite despite the data showing that, and you know, I, I agree with that that uh, method forward. But at the same time, I think that you know, how do how do we make people who are living in these areas that are plagued by this feel comfortable and safe? If this were happening in Forest Hill, if this were happening yeah. in 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 Young and Saint Clair, if this were happening anywhere else, there would be you know a military presence. Uh, so who's that? Who, who, who's Whoever that? jumps in, I'll, I'll let you jump in. But <laughs> well, Vince, well, you know well, that if this were in an area of Rosedale or, you know, this would not, this would be a completely different story being told. Well, look, uh, I, I think what we're seeing is, uh, and the police chief spoke about it, um, a, a uh, you know, criminal gangs uh, taking liberty uh, in, in certain parts of, of the city, uh, we need, we need to continue to have stringent policing in these areas to, to address the, the problem of crime. Um, and crime in a big city of Toronto, in a big city like Toronto is going to occur. And what we need to do is to ensure that we have, uh, maximum resources deal, dealing with these issues. Um, and, and again, I keep going back to it. Um, uh, you said it in your monologue. It's been all over the news. The data suggests and continues to say that Toronto is still a very safe city. Does that mean a big city like Toronto is perfect? The answer is no. But we, uh, I think the mayor has made it very clear that crime and dealing with the the, um, the drivers of crime are a priority for him, and he's made a priority over the last four years. Okay, let's uh, move on, but I'll look forward to when he brings Carding and Tavis back, so that's good to hear. Um, <laughs> I say that uh, in jest, kind of. Uh, Roseanne Barr giving her first uh, in- interview with Rabbi Shmuley. Uh, she took ownership, she was sincere, and she cried. Here, take a listen to her words, and I'll ask you the question. I didn't mean what they think I meant, and that's what's so painful. But I have to face that uh, this hurt people. I definitely feel remorse. <laughs> I was impaired, uh, you know. But you still, you, but you still regret and don't excuse what you wrote. Of course, no, I don't excuse it. I horribly regret it. Are you kidding? I've lost everything, and I regretted it before I lost everything. And I said to God, I am willing to accept whatever consequences this brings, because I know I've done wrong. I'm willing to accept what the consequences are, and I do, and I have. So she says she's become a hate magnet. And I got to be honest, look, when we give guys like Peter Fonda a second chance, Kathy Griffin's now getting a a second chance. Does she, in your view, Lauren, deserve a second chance? You know what? I think there are a lot of very capable. I, I, you know, I I understand her apology. I think, you know, I take it with a grain of salt in that, you know, she I think saying that you're uh, I think anything that comes out on Twitter, you know, when you're that famous, have a second thought before you send something. Um, but, well, I mean, but look, we've had other people do it. I absolutely. mean, we've had no, many, uh, Bill Maher on his show used the N-word. They're, they're, it's happened before. The guy from Seinfeld did a absolutely. whole act on it. And she's a pol- she's not a politician. She is a comedian. Exactly. So, you know, the, where I would go from here is that, you know, yes, maybe she does deserve a second chance to hear what she has to say. But what I can say is that there are a lot of very talented comedian and, and women across the board there who maybe don't do things like that and, and 
and are better suited to be on air than Roseanne. Vincent, do you uh, believe in second chances? I do believe in second chances. This is not one of them. And and I, I want to be very clear. This wasn't like she was a, a comedian saying something that may have been, you know, politically incorrect. She went on a hate-filled uh, Twitter rant, um, and it was completely inappropriate. Uh, it was disgusting. And, you know, it, it's funny how, how uh, look, uh, you know, if, if, you know, someone was 20 years old and made a mistake or, or uh, like this, you could sort of say, you know, it was youthful um, indiscretion. You know, you, like when someone makes a mistake in their youth, you, you can cut them a little more slack than when they're in there in like Roseanne Barr's case is a full, like fully mature adult. Or, yeah. or like Peter Fonda who got to walk no, the red listen, carpet on Friday. Not, uh, 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 sorry, excuse me for a second. I'm not, I'm not talking about any other case. You asked me about this particular case. And what I'm telling you is I would have a very difficult time giving a person like Roseanne Barr a second chance who went on a hate-filled racist rant. There's yeah. absolutely no room for that. It is disgusting, and she's only uh, having a deathbed conversion now that, uh, you know, her, her, uh, her show, which was uh, relatively popular uh, in, in its first, you know, uh, in this iteration, um, uh, it, it has been taken away from her. So, you know, look, these, these are crocodile tears. Oh, uh, you know, the, I, I, have no, I have no sympathy in this case. So, so my view here is the fact that, you know, you, you look at, if somebody's claiming that they did this under the influence and, and something that they didn't mean came out, I don't know what she could have possibly meant in well, those she tweets. she said she was on uh, Ambien. I, I've got to wrap it there, but just yeah. finish up your point. Yeah, no, point being, it's like she, you know, you said what you meant to say, and whether you were under the influence or not, it's it's inappropriate, she, she and those are clearly her thoughts. Well, she was on Ambien. Okay, no, 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 okay, Ambien, Ambien doesn't cause racist well, you know, I I, I tend to agree. Comments. Well, yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't know. Maybe she had a glass of wine. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I've seen a lot of people turn into real jerks when. Well, I'm. I'm just saying. I just stay off of Twitter. Okay. <laughs> agree. Yes, that well, that we can all agree with. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, Little House in the Prairie. Yes, maybe one of the most wholesome shows on the entire planet. Now racist. We'll talk about that, and why are allegations that surfaced 18 years ago about groping? Why are they not a Me Too movement? We'll talk about that coming up next here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got Laura McDonald and Vincent Gasparo in the house. This one touches my heart personally. This pains me. So, Little House in the Prairie, I'm sure, Vincent, your girls know about it. Maybe one of the most wholesome children's shows ever on the planet has been accused of racism. Essentially, Laura Ingalls Wilder, who is the author, has been stripped of a prestigious book award uh, over her depiction of blacks and indigenous Americans. In other words, and I'll start with you on this, Vinny, uh, she spoke of the time of her life, which was in 1867, on the prairie, when we didn't have anything sanitized. And... I don't under, I do not understand how people are getting offended over things then. Like, are we supposed to just erase history? Uh, look, uh, uh, listen. That particular show uh, has uh, has a special place, and I, I know in a lot of Canadians' uh, hearts, and and quite frankly, a lot a lot of people around the world, uh, you, you know, really love that show. Uh, you, you know, m- m- my kids enjoy it. Uh, I know my girlfriend enjoys it as well. Um, still, uh, like still, still, yes, still. still. Um, I still well, watch well, it. <laughs> listen, listen. I where 
Um, oh, don't do it. Know, no, don't, no, don't, gonna, don't, don't, don't. I'm not going to do, do what you think I'm going to do. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I think when, when you're trying to, uh, you know, depict a certain age uh, or a certain time period uh, and you're depicting that time period, um, you, you know, depicting it in sort of a historically accurate context, I, I think it is important so people can sort of get a sense of what that time period was like. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have... I don't have an inherent issue with that sort of uh, depiction. I think it's historically uh, accurate, and it's something that people should learn from. And I, you know, I uh, I sort of fall on the side of um, of normal. Of, thank you. Well, no, it's not normal. <laughs> it's just being historically accurate so right. that that we can learn from. From, from the mistakes of our ancestors. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't either. And, and Lauren, you, you would know it as well. Look, Pa, which Charles Adler, there was never a there was never an episode that was not a teachable moment, whether it was you were learning about Judaism or the natives, they call them Indians, but you learned something. There was always some lesson to be learned, which to me is exactly what you want, kids, is some lesson of morality or what's right. Yeah, and I think that comes back to the fact that, you know, Vince, I'm going to, full on agree with you here and say, you know, this is this is a point in which it can be used as a teaching, as understanding where some issues in current day society that's that are still faced is why people are feeling, um, you know, hurt and offended by reading uh, some of the characterizations here. And and I, I you know, I personally can't uh, relate to that, but, you know, I understand. But at the same time, you know, my view here is that looking at this period piece and taking it for what it is and walking away from that. And it, it, it allows us to understand why things today maybe are still the way that they are and, and taking that as an opportunity to learn and grow and change and, and view different view, uh, view people in a, a more equal way than, than obviously was done in that yeah, period. Well, I'm time. just, t- I'm telling y'all, if they do anything to remove this series, I will personally start the protest and they will march behind me because I absolutely love the show and I want my kid to watch it because I think there's value in it. But that's just me. Um, let's talk about an allegation. It surfaced 18 years ago, but it hit the mainstream uh, through a National Post article on Friday. It's a story of he said, she said. She said she was groped. Justin Trudeau says he does not remember it being negative, but... Lauren, if we're only to go by Trudeau's own words that all women are to be believed and there's no time limit and there's an absolute zero tolerance policy, should he not be held to account by his own words? Absolutely. I think that, you know, this is one of those things that I, I, it is not shocking, you know, when you read the account of what happened in that editorial, I think that everybody who were to read that would say, you know, even even her in the in the in the post uh, piece. It also stated the fact that she didn't, it was unwelcome, but she didn't feel afraid. And I think that more so than often, this is something, especially in political spheres and um, people who work in and around politics like journalists, uh, this is something that is often unwelcome. And, you know, you don't necessarily fear um, for your life or for being afraid, but at the same time, you also don't feel comfortable and it happens very frequently. So, uh, yes, this I absolutely think is something that he needs to answer for, and I don't think they've done a good enough job in answering for it thus far. Will it stay with him, Vince, or does he get the pass? Um, well, well, look, uh, it, it, you know, it happened 18, 19 years ago. Doesn't matter, according uh, to his, uh, his no, words. No, well, hold on a second. It happened 18 or 19 years ago. You know, something that happened 18 or 19 years ago, you know, uh, you or I would not recall exactly what happened, the context. You know, there are a lot of nuances here. I'm not exactly sure what happened there. We weren't there. Uh, from what uh, the, 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 you know, uh, uh, w- what was said was basically, look, you know, uh, it, you know, the, you know, uh, 
there was an exchange, something happened, but it, you know, uh, it, it wasn't um, aggressive in, in any nature. Well, she said um, she was distressed. She said it was unsettling. My, my, I guess my point is, I understand due process. I believe fully in due process, but I'm just looking at Mr. Trudeau's words that he said to the CBC in January, and he said himself, and we've seen cabinet ministers of his fall for much less. Yeah, I think if you're going to set a precedent well, and say I, that I, this I is the way that it's say, going to move... Sorry, hold, hold on a second. I would hardly say much less. Uh, w- w- what I would say is that there was... Kintara called case. someone yummy. No, yeah, but he also uh, groped people inappropriately. Well, that's what's being said. Well, that's what the allegation is. (laughs) Sorry, excuse me. There there was a history of issues there, um, and and the evidence became overwhelming, right? So I would hardly compare that to what, you know, one story in the National Post is, right? Like, Yeah, it was a story 20 years ago. I'm not trying to whitewash it because he's a liberal. I'm I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to put it in context here. Uh, Well, I'm uh, just, I'm just trying to put it in his words of what, what he, you know, he's got this zero. I'm just saying he set the bar. Yeah, he's the one that took the due process away. If you're going to set a precedent that it's zero tolerance, then it's zero tolerance. And I think that if anything, you know, this was 20 years ago. She wasn't afraid. She was unsettled. It was unwelcome, clearly. And I think that if there's anything that can be said about this, he actually needs to come forward and, and have a better answer than I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall. Or maybe we just have to wait and see what happens next. Maybe someone else will come out. I don't know. I just don't understand the, the double standard. But guys, I got to leave it there. Thank you, Alex. No, thank you. Thanks. That is Vincent Gasparo, as well as Laura McDonald, joining us tonight here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.